Welcome to Locally Sourced Joey, the podcast about anything and everything. And a quick reminder before we get going, making a podcast, it's not the easiest of work. And so any support you can provide is much appreciated. I do have a donation page if you'd be oh so willing to throw a couple cents my way. That's always good. Or if you can't do that, I would definitely appreciate you going onto iTunes, searching Locally Sourced Joey, and leaving a review because... Hey, if people on iTunes are like, hey, this podcast has a pretty good writing, then guess what? More people are going to listen, and that wins for everyone. It's always great. I really do appreciate your support and appreciate you listening. So let's hop in. Joined today by legendary voice actress E.G. Daly, who if you have seen any kind of animated show or movie, chances are she played a part in it. Uh, Her most famous roles are probably Buttercup from Powderpuff Girls, Babe the Pig from Babe, Pig in the City, and my personal favorite, Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. Because, hey, a baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. E.G. has also released globally charting singles, multiple albums as a singer, and has appeared on screen and has plenty more coming up. And she was kind enough to take some time to chat, so let's hop into it. E.G., how's everything going on your end? It's never a bad time. <laughs> um, and you've got uh, you've got a show coming up in November. Um, so could you talk a little bit about that? What can we expect? Um, well, I I've played the strip since I was fifteen years old, the Sunset Strip. So it's kind of so fantastic that I get to go there and play again after all these years of playing there. And um, I'm going to be doing all my dance hits from the '80s, like they say it might never matter. Love in the Shadows, I'm gonna, it's going to be a super fun set. And then I'm going to do a bunch of title tracks from some other albums. And then I'm going to do some new stuff that's just amazing, brand new. And uh, we'll do some little jingles from some of my funny, like, iconic things, like maybe some Rugrat stuff or some Paz Up Girl stuff. But there's just going to be a couple surprises. So it's really just I'm super looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. So it's literally spanning, like, 30 years, it sounds like. Um, and and how has yeah. uh, I guess both the music and um, like film and TV industry? How have you seen it change since you got into it? You know, all those years ago um, to the present day. The mu- which part, music and film, or music and all of it? Just general? yeah, just all of it. I mean, it's pretty dramatic. The changes are so dramatic. Like 
music-wise, I mean, it used to be about the label and, and you know, now it's about internet and digital downloads and it used to be about the album, you know, it used to be about the cassette tape, it used to be about, you know, it's so, it's so crazy to think how much it's changed and, and then I feel like I'm just a kid, so I'm like walking through all these changes mm-hmm. about it, you know. And then as far as like film and, you know, things are, things are all over the internet. It's like everything is on YouTube. Like you can get, you can get anything, you can get any kind of information you want. It's just a couple, type in a couple words and you can learn about anything. I mean, it's, it's so phenomenal, I think, the progress that everybody's made. I mean, I don't like the fact that albums have kind of gone away and I used to really like getting an album and reading the lyrics and the booklet and that's not there anymore, really. And they're just completely fizzling out, which that's the part about it that I I don't like so much, but I, I really do embrace what comes instead, you know, is other opportunities for it, you know. So I just, it's so dramatic, the changes. So you haven't... It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, you haven't completely... I shied shied away from social media which i think is and and i totally agree with you is i i do kind of miss that experience of sitting down with an album the first time and there's this certain ones where you have that like you knew exactly where you were and like what what month and what day it was when you heard an album for the first time and it's amazing it's not like that at all you know now it's like oh i'll be in a gym class and then i'll hear an amazing song and then i push shazam and then i slam half the song and then you know it's just it's so cool in a way it's so accessible but it's also you know everything changes and changes awesome and you lose some things and gain new better things so kind of embrace it all but those are those are definitely the things i miss the booklet and art you know i used to love making albums like working with the art department and the drawings and the you know the photos and all that and you're still doing it, but it's just different, different formatted. So, but I, I love change. Change is super cool. <laughs> Definitely. And um, so you've written and, and performed songs in over 30 film soundtracks uh, among, you know, a ton of other songs. So do you have a, a specific yeah. songwriting process or is it just kind of you think of an idea and, and go from there? How does it work? It, it usually is, um, I mean... When I'm alone, it's just like I'll sit down with the guitar and I'll start playing, playing a little melody and then I come up with like a little subject matter and then I just start conforming the words around that. Sometimes the songs come so quickly, like they're just being channeled into me and I have nothing to do with them. Like they're just moving through me and onto the paper and onto the little voice memo on my phone now because that's what I do a lot of my recordings is I just put my phone on voice memo and record them. and. Sometimes I'll get together with another writer, and I might have a start idea for a song, like a, a little piece of music. Like, I got together with um, my partner, Michael J., and Stephen Dorff, who's a really great songwriter, like a classic, legendary songwriter. And, yeah, he's the father of um, the other Stephen Dorff, the actor, but he's a brilliant songwriter. And I have, like, a piece of his song, and I, I will sit with those guys and go, they'll be like, okay, what do you guys want to work on? And then I'll go, I have a little something. And then I'll start playing it to them, like either on a piano or a guitar, and then they'll go, oh, great. And then you allow other people to sort of interject, and then it changes, and it moves into something else. So it's a really interesting process, but the key to the whole thing is being very open to change. Like, is, unless I'm writing the song by myself, where I feel like I have a really clear direction about it, 
I, I think that when you have a start and you bring other writers, and you have to be very open to letting them come in and interject. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's everything is different. Each time I write, it's, it's a little bit different process. But like I said, except for when I'm writing alone, I usually just sit at a piano, sit at a guitar, come up with a title, come up with a piece of music, and then I start writing it. You know, it's, and it's usually very moving. New moving piece of music. Awesome. Um, and, and I'm always curious about this too. So say it, say it charted, um, back, I believe it made number one in the, the U S dance club, um, chart all over the world. If I saw all over the world, did you know, I'm, cause I'm always curious about this with a, with like a hit song like that. Do you, did you know kind of, as soon as you were done, you're like, okay, this song's going to be a hit or was it kind of, did it catch yeah, you by surprise? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I'm <laughs> sitting with Jalgene Benitez and Stephen Brave, who had done Stephen Brave, who had done songs for Madonna along with Jelly Bean, and he just started playing this bass line like doom 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 doom, and the first thing that came out of my mouth when I heard that was na 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 say it say it na 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 say it say it. That was the first thing that came out of my mouth, and then if you want my love, say it say it. And then it was so simple. I thought, oh my god, this is so simple. There's no way. And Delgin loved it, and Stephen loved it, and and it was so simple that I just had no concept. I didn't, I couldn't imagine that something that that just flew out of my mouth that effortlessly was going to be a number one dance all over the world. And that's just how it happened. It just like was so effortless and so easy. You just never know. You just never know. Just like movies, I did. You know, I didn't know that Pee Wee was going to be an iconic, legendary movie, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, or Valley Girl, or. You know, all the things I do, I, or my episode of Friends, or uh, Rugrats. I mean, I did Rugrats, and I had no idea it was going to go on to win Emmys and do feature films and, and be a cartoon that was legendary for decades, for over a decade, all over the world. I had no idea. So you just kind of do it, and then you just sort of move on, and then all of a sudden they call you and say, you want an Emmy, you know, <laughs> or you guys want to, you want to star in the Rob of Fame for Rugrats. It's like, we did? You know, it's, I was always like, pleasantly surprised because I just don't wait around. I just sort of move on to that next thing. And I think that's a great, it really works for me because I don't wait and I don't have any disappointments because I have no expectations. I'm always pleasantly surprised and it's always a surprise when I find out, you know, Peavy's was a huge hit and, and Valley Girls was a huge hit and Rugrats was a huge hit and Pabrick Girls was a huge hit and you know, Babe Two was a you know all these things, and Happy Feet was a huge hit. I just, I just go in and do them, and then I'm just like, cool, you know, <laughs> oh cool. <laughs> and I guess because I'm so busy doing so many different mediums, you know, there's not a lot of time to sit around and obsess or worry about one or the other. I can just keep moving on to writing another song and doing another movie or doing another cartoon, and, and I just stay in the art of the whole thing, which I really enjoy. And I think I think that definitely helps too. Is that since you are so dedicated to it and so you know passionate about what you're doing, it comes out in the the end result, and then people connect with it. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, I'm so. And as a matter of fact, it's more than ever. I've never enjoyed music more in my life than I do now. I've never enjoyed acting more in my life. This Rob Zombie movie I just did, Thirty One. I've never enjoyed. It's almost just like I've never had so much fun in a role. It was one of my favorite. I've done other roles I can say I really love, but this was really like, I mean, I can't say recently 
I've enjoyed movies as much as I did on this one. Um, just between the character and the way I portrayed this character and the way I got to dress for this character. I mean, they're not even showing pictures of me yet. That's how cool it is. You know what I mean? Because it's so special. And that just makes me... I, I get lost in the realm of the wardrobe and the sets. And Rob Zombie is just so artistic that I just feel like I enjoy I enjoy it so much. You know? And from the, for the right reasons now, I enjoy it just really for the love of the art. And I'm no longer doing it because I need to be famous or I need to get that thing. I'm, you know, which I love. I mean, I love um, awards and award shows and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't come from art from that perspective anymore. I come from it. I sort of been able to rise above and look at it as an amazing opportunity to move people and then also be a voice for things that matter because I move people and they trust me so that I'm taking my voice and my voices and my music and my art and my acting and I'm I'm trying to be a spokesperson for like animals and animal abuse and, and all the disgusting behavior that people treat these little innocent animals with and so to me it's like it's such a bigger purpose now and that's why I just think I love the art so much yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you're you're definitely taking advantage of that, which is it's good. I feel like oh some people God, yeah. get that platform and, and right. kind of shy away from it. So and they're talking about yeah, they're they're talking about like that, that, that and blah blah blah, <laughs> or just like being kids. But I mean, I think that's what that's what happens. I think sure, and especially for me, I'm a mother, and I've gotten to raise people's daughters and. You know, I get to experience, like, growing up and, you know, I just think you start to really understand what is valuable in your life and, you know, the things that are valuable are people and feelings and how you make people feel and how they make you feel and and so everything else, you know, everything else is, like, great, but it's not, it's not running me anymore, you know. Definitely. And do uh, do your daughters ever give you any inspiration for when you're getting into a character? All the time. <laughs> my kids are so artistic. They're both amazing singers, and my one daughter's an actress and a singer, and they're always um, inspiring me. I mean, I, I use my kids a lot. Because even like with my writing, my one daughter, both my daughters have helped me write songs. They'll be hearing me writing, and then they'll come over and interject, and then they're like inspiring the next batch of lyrics for me. You know, my one daughter's already writing so well, so it's so cool, you know, to see them getting moved by art, you know, it's so cool, so cool to see them get to enjoy, you know, doing art, singing and acting, and they love it. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And so a a couple of years ago, you made an appearance on The Voice. I uh, yeah. what what was that whole experience like? Did the judges know it was you when you came out, or were they just kind of like? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> that whole thing was totally surprising. I was hosting this show called Balcony TVLA. Um, it's on the internet, and I was one of the I'm one of the hosts, and I host bands. And I had met this woman at a barbecue, and she was the woman that hired me and asked me if I'd like to be on Balcony TVLA one day and sing on it. And then she asked me if I wanted to host of the bands and then it just started to be a thing that I started doing because it just was flowing and I love music so I love talking about artists and I love talking to artists about songs and songwriting so it was just 
kind of beautiful thing that unfolded. And then that same woman one day called and said, you know, I hope you're not mad at me, but I got you an audition for The Voice. And I was like, oh, no, 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 they're not going to put me on that show. I'm, I'm too old for that show, and my kids are going to think I'm a dork, and I'm going to embarrass them. And No, that, that's okay. And she was like, no, 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 they, they totally said you qualify. You don't have any record deals currently. You haven't had a deal since the 80s. I mean, I've been releasing my own records online and stuff, but I don't, haven't had a major record label. You know, I release music all the time. And I decided to seize the moment and say yes to that opportunity, and I went to that audition that day, and apparently I did really well. And they, they're not, they weren't looking at my, it wasn't about looking at my face. It was just about my voice. And so it didn't matter what I had done or what I looked like or what my age was, and and I ended up getting to where I got to where, um, you know, I got to actually months of auditioning and callbacks, and then I finally made it to where I got to audition on the blind and had children. So it was a complete surprise that that was going to happen at this point in my life. I was so like, it, it was a dream scenario, like, to be in 50s and get that opportunity when I've already had such great opportunities. It was so like, what? You know, I was kind of like, what? Talk about just staying true to what you love to do and how things just keep unfolding for you, you know? And the voice came out of, like, I had been to a period of time where I started doubting that I should be doing music and stuff. That maybe I was like, oh, it's kind of silly. I should just, like, let my kids, focus on my kids now. And, and then I just started to wake up and realize, you know, you have to teach your kids that you should never stop doing it and never stop doing what you love. So I realized that was more important to me than just throwing in the towel and just calling a day and stop doing all the art that I love. And then my art just blew up. I got to be on The Voice, and I've gotten to do so much more music now as a result of that. And it's just sort of rekindled this beautiful garden of music for me, that whole thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk uh, about your your acting and your voice acting. Um, yeah. When you're, uh, how, first of all, how do you prepare differently voicing a character rather than playing a character on screen? Well, um, well, I think that with a cartoon, you know, you're so it, it can go so vast the way you can play your character. You can, you can make the voice so small and squished and little, or you know what I mean? But the mm-hmm. funny thing is they're starting to merge now. Like, like the characters I'm playing on film, I actually am starting to do more character I've always done character kind of voices. You know, like even Pete's Adventure Daddy had a little bit of an effective voice, but so that was always something that I did. But I think what's happening is 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 on camera, because I do character roles, I'm able to control my voice. But just with, with, with animation stuff, you can go so far extreme. I mean, there's, like, no limit. I could be a boy, a kid, a little girl, an old lady. It doesn't matter what I look like. Whereas, you know, on camera, I am sort of confined to my body and my thighs and my, a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. However, with on camera, I get to dress up and I get to live in that realm and that set. And that sort of throws me into a deep land of, like, the character. But cartoons is, like, it's so vast the way I can support my voice and stuff. You know, but I will say that without giving too much away, that the Rob Zombie movie sort of pushed the edges. And it, took, it took me to another realm in, with on camera. 
<laughs> that was a nice teaser. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> What's that? That was a nice teaser. I like it. Yeah, I can't even explain why, but I will say that it sort of did something interesting. It sort of did something interesting that merged things for me in both realms, voiceover and on camera. Very you cool. Have to go see it. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and when does that when does that yeah. drop? You can give a quick plug. <laughs> They're saying February, so it's either February or March, I'd say. Okay. And they're saying that the executives are saying it's Rob's best movie they've ever seen. Oh, wow. He's saying that it's really the best piece of work he's ever done. And he actually emailed me and said that everybody was really, really happy with it, and I was going to be really happy with my character. And Rob's not really that boisterous, <laughs> mellow, and calm, and humble. So for him to email me that, I was like, wow, that sounds good. Yeah, that's pretty great. Definitely, it's definitely on my yeah. list. Um, yeah. And yeah. I guess um, when you're voicing a character, let's like let's say, like Tommy Pickles, for example. I yeah. did did they the producers or whoever give you kind of a a sense of of his character traits, or did they kind of just go like, hey, he's like you know kind of the leader, but otherwise roll with it. With Tommy, I actually went to the audition and they showed me a little claymation of him and they, I just had to make the voice match that little face. Oh, awesome. And so I, I basically had been doing this character since I was like eight years old. I used to walk around the playground and I used to do baby voices with my best friend, Michelle, and <laughs> we'd hold pinkies and walk around the playground and be like, and you know, I would just start doing these little voices. And when I went on that audition, they showed me that picture, and I thought, wow, he, he has these big floppy lips. And I just sort of squeezed the character I've been doing my whole life into that audition, and that was the voice. And I'd already been developing that character my whole life, so it was really weird turn of events how that character came about. And is, is that more of an exception, yeah. or, or do you find that's, that's often uh, they kind of just let you I bring it to that, life? I find that people are super in tune, and people pay attention. The things they do when they're little are the things that are going to be the goose that lays the golden egg. Like, you'll notice some kids are really good with, like, pictures and photography when they're little, and they become famous photographers. And I just think that the kids that are nurtured into those places that parents start seeing little abilities, even if they're strange abilities, like building blocks in a certain way, or I just think those are keys into who they are, and it starts showing when they're little, like, I started noticing my kids had certain ways about them when they were born. And my one daughter, Tyson, is super mature and very deep and bold. And she could sing so well as a little girl. And she could scream really well. She had a powerful voice when she got mad. And who knew that she'd be this amazing singer. But I just think um, that things are really telling when you're little. And... I had abilities with my voice when I was really little, and luckily I didn't have anyone telling me to go be a, a doctor, which would have never happened because I was a terrible student, you know, or, you know, some parents, they want to make their kids be something that, as opposed to see what they actually are, what they're unfolding to be, and I think that wastes a lot of time in people's lives when people try to tell you what you should be because you are what you are when you come out of your parents, you know what I mean? Definitely. So, uh, yeah. I'm just thinking back now to uh, 
anytime I'd, I'd work at like a basketball or a baseball camp and you had the kids who very clearly didn't want to be there, I was like, we should just let them go right? off and but do their own thing. Right, but that's a really interesting thing to watch, that the parents are like forcing them to be here. So they will get, a lot of times people go, go in depression when they live life like that. And they don't know what's wrong. They're like, what's wrong with me? I'm so happy all the time. And what's wrong is they're not following their desires or their bliss or their natural instincts. So they start to get depressed and they don't know why. And then you have a lot of people on meds and depression medicine and, and it's usually because they have fallen out of touch of what really lights them up and makes them happy and is their desire. Because sometimes people are like, you can't want that, that's kind of silly, but whatever it is that makes you happy is going to be your golden goose, you know. It's going to be your golden goose because what makes you happy makes you light up. And when you're lit up, you're connected to something much bigger than you and you're shiny and you're joyful. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid fan of just telling people when they're off track, like, what are you not paying attention to that you should be doing? What do you love that you're not doing? That's what got me out of my funk that I was in before I got on The Voice. When I stopped singing as much, was I stopped singing. I stopped writing. I stopped I hadn't picked up a guitar in a long time. And then one young girl that I met said, what do you love to do? And I said, oh, I can't remember anymore. I forgot. And she said, well, you better remember. And I remember saying, well, I really love country music, and I love dancing, country music, dancing, and I love singing, and I love dance club. And she goes, you need to start doing that every week. And I was like, oh, that's silly. Billy, I'm going to look so silly going to a country western bar dancing. And, and I made myself, I followed the direction of this young girl because I was so desperate to feel better in my skin. And the light started to turn back on and I started to remember what made me happy. And that was the beginning of like remembering. And then the voice happened as a result of that, which really was a testament to follow your bliss because magic things happen. 100%. And I am I'm right there with you on uh, the country western dancing. It can can Yay. solve any problem. <laughs> I love it. I love that. It's so fun. Yeah, and living in Texas, there's no shortage of that now, so I'm, uh, no. I'm in my element the here. Men are I guess. So sexy with, the men with their sexy Wrangler shirts and their teacher thunder and the whole thing. I just love the whole thing. <laughs> I know. I need to work on... I've got to look the part better now, though. I still don't own a pair of cowboy boots. I've lived here like three years, and I... Get on it. I know. I'm trying. I they're they're expensive I love it. though. I'm a That's going to segue very nicely into my next question, but I do want to ask, since you are a cow cowgirl expert here, do you have a, a recommendation for boots of like a favorite pair or brand or anything like that? No, I couldn't tell you. I just know I like them. I couldn't tell you which one. Okay. I mean, there's so many beautiful cowboy boots. You know, there's like a cowboy boot store even in LA that's just got such an amazing array of cowboy boots. So it just depends on the boot. They're also different. They're so beautifully made, you know, some of them. So I couldn't tell you one particular one. I could tell you it. You're welcome to send a picture and then let me tell you which one I like. Okay. The next time I'm at a store, I will do that. Because the okay. last time I was okay. in there, it was just overwhelming. And I was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's overwhelming. They're all so beautiful. I know. And there's just, there's so many just in a row. And I'm like, how do you even I start? I know. 
It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, so you voiced um, one of one of my favorite movies growing up was Babe, and then the sequel, Babe: Pig in the City. Um, and it's still it's yeah. still a great movie. I say it like that was in the past. No, it's still it's still one of my favorites. But um, you you yeah. voiced Babe uh, in the sequel, and is there any kind of trick or or difference to voicing a live animal as opposed to an animated character? No, because um, a live animal is the same as a cartoon. They're still a person. One is just animated and one is uh, live action, but they're still a whole being. You know what I mean? One's a two-dimensional, one's a three-dimensional. So, mm-hmm. But the voice is still a whole being, right? I mean, the voice is a full three-dimensional thing. The voice is like where the whole spirit of a person comes out is in their voice. So it doesn't matter if you're voicing a ball or a flower or a cup or a, you know, or a, a pillow. The pillow is maybe an inanimate object or something, but they still have a whole spirit in the voice. So it's the same thing. Awesome. Did you get to hang out with, with Babe, too? Did they bring him into the studio? No, because that was a whole other, um, they were, like, off shooting that, and we were in a studio recording the voices, so it was a different part of the whole process. Okay, that makes sense. But I will yeah. say for like Happy Feet, Happy Feet, I got to go to Australia, and and um, well, that was different. It was all animation, but it was pretty amazing animation. Yeah. But I got to work with Eliza Wood and Robin Williams for almost a month, and and Hank Azaria, and I just saw an amazing cast, and it was so awesome getting to be there with uh, George Miller, who's such a killer director. He's so good. And I've worked with him on like four features now. He just always calls me for all his amazing movies, and he's so genius. So I feel super lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. Australia is just yeah. gorgeous. So yeah. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Yeah, and I get to spend a lot of time with Elijah Wood. He's a really interesting guy. Like he and I would run around the city if we had a day off together, and we'd go to these really strange little restaurants because he's a real connoisseur of interesting food and drinks, and, and we go to the zoo, and I just kind of spend some really nice time with, with people that are just so beautiful and artistic, and it was awesome, even Robin, the time we spent with Robin Williams and Elijah, and, you know, we would all go to dinners, and I don't know, it just felt very special, and I felt really like it was really special that I got to spend time with Robin and know him before he left the planet, you know, I, just, I felt so grateful that I got to have that time with him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like a, a great experience. Amazing, amazing. And, well, I like to wrap up uh, with a top three. Um, and I'll give you a very a very broad spectrum here. Just your top three favorite lines that you've delivered, um, whether it's in a cartoon, a, a movie, even in a song. Just your, your top three lines. Um, okay. They're a little racy, okay? One is, all them farmers want to fuck Princess Leia. That was my character in Devil's Rejects, so that's kind of naughty. But that was one I thought was pretty funny. Um, and then, of course, there's a baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do, which I think is funny on the other spectrum of the not, not racy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, that's just so funny about the career. It's so, it's so vast. It goes from, like, kid-friendly to not so kid-friendly at all, you know. So those are two. Do you need more? Uh, if you want to throw one more, make it a make it an odd, even three. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I don't think I can yet. So let's wait on that one. Um, let me think here. Um, um let me think. Uh, let's see. Um, I always love to say, listen, Mojo Jojo, I'm going to whoop your hind. That's my buttercup line that I love. Yeah, I'd say that one too. Excellent. Good deal. Well, that's that's all I've got on my end. Um, you've you've Thank mentioned you. a few things coming nice up, but where where else can we find you yeah. um, online? Well, just make sure um, you can yeah, you can send everyone to dcdaily.com. My Twitter, Facebook, and my my buttons are on there, so they can get the right handles for my social media. And on Twitter, I'm at realdcdaily, at realdcdaily, mine is at realdcdaily, Instagram realdcdaily, uh, Facebook realdcdaily, and and if you go to my website, I have a link to my voiceover seminar that's been released. It's a great tool, tips, tools, how-tos, and voiceover, plus the journey that I've had. It's a great tool. I have like some celebrity voiceover people. I talk about all this information about voiceover and more. And then, some. And then also, I have my one-woman autobiographical musical that's up on Amazon for digital download as well. And that's really cool. So I'm super proud of both of those things. They're all up on the website. If people live in LA, get your tickets early for the whiskey because it'll probably be sold out, which will be fun. It'll be a really fun show. And then go look out for 31 and and come find me on Twitter. And if they want to say hi to me, private message me. Um, I try to keep in touch with people. And that's it. That's me. Boom. Sounds like a plan. Everyone go check her out. EG Daily. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, did you hear about the mathematician ghost? No? Well, it's the spirit that counts. Get after it today, people.